We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Smith is trying to switch up on Lamar Jackson after he claimed just a few weeks ago that he wasn't worth his contract. But Dan Orlovsky wasn't having it with a chef's kiss moment. I'm Sarah Ellison, riding solo with my partner and co-host Bobby Trossett on vacation in Europe during the bye week. It is Friday and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault presented by our friends at GEHA. Can the Ravens hold on to the number one seed in the AFC? Can they hold on to it through the end of the season? Can they hold on to it through the end of the weekend while they have a bye? I'm gonna look into their monstrous schedule ahead and also look at what their biggest threats are doing on Sunday. And finally, veteran tight end Zach Ertz. He requested and was granted a release from the Arizona Cardinals. Should the Ravens pursue him? And after talking some smack about the Ravens, Kenyon Drake was served an ice-cold dish of karma. I have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and my opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, so I've been promising uh, this week that I would catch up on some of the national media commentary on the Ravens and throughout the league, so finally delivering that today. There's been so much to get to, some things on my mind. So we finally made it. And then after Sunday night, after the Ravens win over the Chargers, really all week long, the big discussion on national uh, shows have been uh, mostly like, can the Ravens hold on to their number one seed? And um, and who are the big, biggest threats, all that kind of stuff. Well, Stephen A. Smith, he starts to say, you know what? Yeah, I think the Ravens are the best team in the entire conference. And by the way, Steve Smith, I'm about to play, he makes some good points about the Ravens. But given his past commentary, and this is, you know what? I make picks wrong all the time. You've seen both me and Bobby make picks wrong. Dan Orlovsky's made wrong picks. Um, Everybody, anybody in the media, fans, we've all made wrong picks. It's not that Stephen A has, you know, not like just chosen another team over the Ravens. It's really about how hard he's gone against Lamar. That's why this is so um, interesting, kind of interesting to check in on. So 
just a couple weeks ago. Let me say this, y'all. The question is, are the Ravens getting their money's worth on Lamar Jackson? No. The answer is no. The no. The answer is no. Lamar Jackson has to make sure, because we all know he's worth his money because he's box office. You walk through the turnstiles to see him. So I don't know what this debate was about whether or not he's worth his money. Of course he's worth his money. Lamar's not worth his contract. Now, now, listen to his reason for why he thinks the Ravens are the best team in the conference. Now let's get to the Ravens. They're the best team in the AFC as far as I'm concerned. I have no doubt that Patrick Mahomes can do what he does, but it's the team itself. And that's why I'm not flowing with Kansas City as my choice. I'm going to flow with the Ravens because of Zay Flowers, because of Lamar Jackson, because of that defense. I'm looking at the personnel and the pieces that they have in place. They can run the football. They can pass the football. They can certainly have have an electrifying running back at the quarterback position as Mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned who happens to be a damn good quarterback as well. And their defense is rife with a bunch of rough riders. I think when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they have all the ingredients to say, yo, we're that team to beat. And Patrick Mahomes, again, anybody that's going to throw him into the equation, which I'm sure Dio will, I will remind everybody of this. I have been reminded by you guys that Patrick Mahomes has never played a road game during the playoffs. He'd have to go to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And if he goes to ball, if he has to go to Baltimore, I'd be real interested. Not him, because I know what he'll do. Mm-hmm. But I'd be real interested in seeing what those receivers do in that Baltimore climate. I really would be interested in seeing that. So you're, you would take Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl yes. right now? Yes. Even though you, you say that you don't have a ton of trust in Lamar in the playoffs? Even though. I said to you I, in the past. Yeah, he I said, said in the past. I was said. I said this but, year. But he I also said he had less trust in the Kansas City receivers than he does right. Lamar. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes the best way to just kind of, you know, remind people of their own words is in like a subtle way, a subtle and serious way. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be over the top. It's just like, wait, you're gonna choose the Ravens. I thought you said, I thought you said that you didn't believe in Lamar. And then, you know, Stephen A stumbles a little bit, not quite ready for that, you know, little pushback there. He's like, well, I said in the past, I said in the past. Oh, in the past, I'm pretty sure it was after that, that Colts loss, uh, beginning of this season. We're not talking about the past, like Colin Cowherd, how we, we talked about him, how he was wrong about Lamar coming out, but he's been pretty consistent the last couple of years, right? The past is just a couple weeks ago. You said he wasn't worth his contract. Now, all of a sudden, Ravens are going to go to the Super Bowl because of Lamar Jackson. Now, I just so happen to think that's true. I also think what he said was true is that the Ravens are a very complete team. It's because of Lamar. It's because of Zay's emergence. It's because of OBJ's experience. It's because of the defense. It's because of all those things. But I just thought it was hilarious. And then he really couldn't quite, like, stop himself. He still had the, the, whole, the whole backhanded compliment thing that's like, you have the best running back who just so happens to play quarterback. Now, at least he said afterwards that, you know, he can pass. We all know that he can. So at least he did that. But probably one of the most hilarious things is Shannon had to jump in to help, to help defend him. You know, he says, um, he says, oh, well, he's just saying that, he believes in Lamar more than he believes in the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers. Oh, okay. So it's not that you really believe in Lamar. It's just that we all saw what's been going on with the Chiefs receivers. We've seen it. Um, we've seen it. And so is that is that supposed to be like, you know, a compliment to Lamar then? So, so 
You believe because of Lamar, the Ravens can win the Super Bowl, but only because the Chiefs receivers are not playing well. All right. So anyway, all of this, by the way, in good fun, maybe someday, probably won't ever happen. Be fun to debate Stephen A. Smith about Lamar Jackson, but he's on a whole other level than, you know, our uh, 11,000 subscriber YouTube uh, channel. Pretty good for a little over a year, but uh, I'd say Stephen A. probably wouldn't want to debate somebody uh, like me, so small in the food chain. But uh, another reason why I feel like Shannon kind of jumped in there is because Stephen A is not alone. Stephen A is not alone in um, not believing in Lamar. And you know what? Not everybody needs to believe in Lamar. This doesn't, that's not the way this has to be. It's again, just talking about kind of the extremes, but um, Shannon on his own show had on Ocho Cinco and a fan reached out and um, asked the question, if you had to start a franchise to get today, which of these two quarterbacks are you taking? If you guys are starting a new franchise and your quarterback options are Jalen Hurts and mm. Lamar Jackson, who you taking? Holy shit. Ooh! God damn, that's a good one. Let me take my goddamn glasses off for this one. You, you, I mean, you, you, you can't go wrong either way you go. That's like asking me to choose between the musical taste of listening to goddamn Beyonce or listening to Rihanna. You know, both both different styles, both phenomenal artists and what they do. But either way you go, is it a wrong answer? I'm taking Jalen. I like Lamar. Well, I got damn, I like both of them. That is a difficult question. That's, I think that's I, difficult. And then you know what I you know what I think it also comes down to? You line what? up, you line up 20 people and you ask them the same question. It's all based on preference and who and what they like. Jalen built is a little bit more durable. He's a little mm -hmm. bit more sturdy. Yeah. Uh from the waist down, mm -hmm. he's gonna be able to take the pounding a little bit more. Pause. Um Pause. Uh, obviously. Pause. What? <laughs> okay. So for me. And having seen the progression that Jalen has made, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go Jalen. Yeah, I go Jay. I would go Jalen. I and, like it. and Elcho and seeing man, look here. Mm -hmm. That juggle that fourth quarter. If you ain't up by 25, if you ain't up by two, three touchdowns, they coming back and winning. He, he coming. He, he coming, coming back and winning. All right, that's courtesy of the Nightcap podcast that Shannon. Uh, hosts and Ocho comes on there frequently. So with that, listen, <laughs> Jalen and Lamar are both freaking good quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, not going to sit here and downplay Jalen to lift up Lamar. I think after I went on my rant the other day, if you're a regular uh, listener, you know how I feel about Lamar. I have the ultimate belief and respect in him think he's going to be able to take the Ravens uh, to a Super Bowl. And Shannon Sharp doesn't have to choose Lamar over Jalen. If he prefers Jalen, that's fine. I think I'm noticing, I'm noticing, tell me if you notice the same thing. Fans start to hate these comparisons, right? They hate these comparisons because uh, what's the saying? that The, the saying is um, comparisons are the thief of joy. And yet at the same time, <clears throat> how do you get away from it in sports, right? Like you, you choose an MVP and to do that, you're comparing somebody's performance against the rest of the league. Or if you're choosing the MVP of a team against the rest of your teammates, 
we go to the super, we have standings, we have seatings, we have all that. We have a Super Bowl because all of it is like who can rise to the top, right? So um, we're constantly comparing in sports. And I was thinking about this today. Why has there recently been such a pushback to comparisons? And there's different reasons. You could like, there's tons of different reasons. Could be, are, are you matching up certain types of people? All that kind of stuff. But one reason that I think of, and this isn't an exclusive list, but just one, is, uh, and I, the Harbaugh speak on this, they really hate comparing the parents. I've interviewed the parents. They really hate comparing Jim and John. And because oftentimes comparisons will end up looking down on one person. And, and I was thinking about this because that's true. That's true. And yet at the same time, as a sports podcaster and content creator, I'm going to continue to compare. It's going to happen. I'm about to, we're about to talk about Zay, Zay uh, Flowers and Rasheed Rice ever at Kansas City. So comparisons are going to happen. But where I think comparisons go wrong and kind of the spirit I felt from Shannon versus the spirit I felt from Ocho, okay, when comparisons are done negatively, it's kind of done, to, uh, if you compare yourself to others and you start to feel envy, that's when comparisons go wrong. When you compare yourself to somebody and you start to feel like self-loathing, which happens, that's when comparisons have gone wrong. When you start comparing and, and you're like, it starts to have a paralysis and a paralysis of inaction. That's when it becomes debilitating. That's when comparisons go wrong. How about this? How about comparisons to feed an ego, right? Because the old saying is like, it's not enough to have something, to have a good life or to have a good ability. That If that doesn't give you pleasure, but having more than somebody else does, that's when compare, that's where your pleasure comes from. Not that you're doing all right, but that somebody has more than you or can do something better than you rather than celebrate that and lift and lift them up. That's when comparisons go wrong. And so, and so when, if Shannon's using it as a way to put down somebody, which, you know, he didn't really do too badly here. Um, you know, but that's, that's, but he also didn't have Ocho's kind of spirit of it. Right. Right. Where he's like, all right, I'll compare them. But at the end of the day, it's going to be like, they're both great and they bring different things to the table. And so it's going to be like, what do you prefer for, for your franchise? Now, at the same time, here's why I won't stop doing comparisons. I like comparisons personally when I do it in the, when I'm trying to do it in the right way. Okay. So for example, I like to recognize greatness. I love the MVP awards, right? Because we're setting up a standard and saying, look what can be done. When you put up and say, look at that somebody pushed through a boundary and nobody else has done that before. And now it's like, now they're setting a standard that we can all reach for, an ideal that we can all reach for. And you want to celebrate that. And you want to like, look at it and say, I'm going to push for that. Right? So when it's done in that spirit, when it's a ennobling and transforming power, where it's like, so, so for example, I always tell people, I always try to look for some, so I'm, I'm 43, turn 44 next month. 
it wouldn't be smart for me to compare. And I like to work out. I like to go work out. I like to lift weights, all that kind of stuff. And it's not smart for me to compare myself to my 15 year old son who's like getting stronger, stronger, stronger. And I'm like losing it, losing it, losing it the older I get. Right. But at the same time, that can't be debilitating. So what I always try to do, so I'm 44. I always try to look for, you know, another woman that's about 10 years older than me that is killing it, right? Still working hard, still, you know, doing cardio, lifting weights, all that kind of stuff. And I do that so that I can, because there's a standard that I'm reaching out to attain. I want to be like that. That in that way, this woman right here is a role model to me in this one way, right? And so that's why it's not necessarily bad. That's what competition's all about because we push each other to be better. So what I liked from Ocho is that he was trying to point out there's good things from both. And Lamar might look to Jalen and say, you know what? Jalen does this really well. And I want to reach for that and be better at that. And Jalen might look at Lamar and do the same thing. And then they push each other inch by inch to get better, 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 better. So, so anyway, I, I just wanted to put that out there. I kind of went down a rabbit hole there because people do get sick of the comparisons and I understand it. Uh, but but probably won't stop because A, the industry that we're in, but B, try to make a commitment that it's like, do it in a way that's ennobling and and helping people to transform themselves to become better and hopefully not in a way that just like is degrading or whatnot. And again, I don't want to say Shannon was at all degrading at all, not of Lamar. He said he preferred somebody that was more sturdy, what, you know, whatever, what can Lamar do there? Uh, and then he, he mentioned the fourth quarter comebacks for Jalen. Fair enough. That could be something that Lamar could look back and be like, you know what? We've had some fourth quarter meltdowns, not all on me, but what can I do to make sure that we don't lose another fourth fourth quarter lead? No, no, no problem with that whatsoever. So that's why I wanted to put that out there. I just saw a lot of people upset by it. Um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, you know, can we move forward in, in a way uh, where we're pushing each other to be better rather than, than to push each other down. All right. So um, one last thing here, though, is it is interesting um, Marlon Humphrey on his podcast. And by the way, yesterday I talked about Marlon and his podcast. I called it the fruit punch podcast. I just watched the video. It says it right there. I butchered it. It's the punchline podcast. But anyway, uh, Marlon was asked about his, his kind of reaction to Stephen A switching up. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause like you can say something, but then the next week you gotta be like, it's a whole new week. <laughs> it's a whole new week. It's like, uh, the, he's a clear MVP. I mean, look at the guy. I mean, he, he's, his running ability, his passing ability. I mean, what can't the guy do? And then next week, you're like, okay, it's a whole new week. You're like, the guy sucks. He can't throw. He can't run. He doesn't lead a team. And I heard some rumors about blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to say it, but he's a bad leader. It's week to week, baby. Yeah. It's week to week. It's week to week. And so you got to change it up. So, so you don't blame Shannon Sharp or Stephen A for constantly switching up on on stuff like that. As crazy as it sounds, yes, no. <laughs> the thing that people are upset about is Burrow also threw two picks that same week, and there's not always the change up so in the this is, in the media. And there's no way to really say this without really talking bad about somebody, but 
I don't know what it is about Lamar. He's, I think he's just a really easy quarterback to, to hate yeah. on. Kind of true. He's always been that way. He's been so polarizing. He's always been a quarterback that's easy to hate on. He goes on to say that he thinks it's because of his rushing ability that people do that. And I definitely agree. Just over, it overshadows everything. It overshadows everything. And I talked about his intangibles and it, it overshadows his intangibles. It overshadows his, his, um, his passing ability, all of it. But I kind of agree with what Marlon said. So we, highlight you know kind of what Stephen a say says and shannon and other guys we, we all, all media and uh, he says you don't have a problem with it and he said yes no which seems like a weasley way out but in a sense i get where analysts come from because they're trying to give the state of the nfl for this week because they do it day in and day out right and so that part i have no problem with where i what it is a problem is like we said it's the extremes how do you go from he's not worth his contract to I believe the Ravens will win the Super Bowl because of Lamar Jackson? It's the extremes, and it's the talking down that I think is is the tough part. But they're hired for a reason, and they get clicks, and they get paid. So that's that. So I'm going to come up here in just a second. I want to talk about the number one seed. I want to talk about what's ahead for the Ravens and their biggest threats. But before I do so, I need to give a shout-out to GEHA. For over 86 years, GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique needs of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. With over 2 million members and growing, GEH continues, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every day. GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Fred, federal Drive is presented by GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years. Visit GEHA.com. All right, so... As we know, as the Ravens head into their bye, they are currently the number one seed atop uh, the conference. We've got their nine and three. Kansas City currently is eight and three. Jacksonville is the next seed at eight and three. KC wins the tiebreaker there. And then Dolphins also eight and three. All right. So, like I said, people are debating can the Ravens hold on? Here is ESPN debating that. God, that made me laugh. Uh, a look at the AFC playoff picture. It has been the Arrowhead Invitational exclusively during Patrick Mahomes' career for the moment. You've got Baltimore on top. Meanwhile, Miami, Jacksonville, a couple of Florida squads sitting there at 8-3 and three, along with Kansas City. And we'll be in Jacksonville next week as they welcome Cincinnati to town. And, Ryan, uh, as we look at the AFC, it's crowded at the top. Yeah. Baltimore's there for the moment. But how difficult is it going to be for them to hang on, given what's in front of them? I think extremely difficult. They have to see the Jaguars, who I think are one of the more underrated, really good football teams in the AFC. You see the Pittsburgh Steelers. They also have the Miami Dolphins on their schedule. Uh, what I would say, guys, about the Baltimore Ravens is they now have the Jimmies and the Joes on both sides of the yep. football. You're talking about the best linebacker duo in the NFL with Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith both having over 100 tackles. And they've got one of the best offseason acquisitions in Jadavion Clowney. Yep. He's got seven and a half sacks. That man going. He's going. He, I'm he, so and, 
and, and it's not just the sacks. No, 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 it's the right. pressures. It's, it's everything playing the run. And in his career, the most he's ever had is nine and a half. Mm-hmm. He's already got seven and a half, and they got a plethora of games left to go. Mm-hmm. So for me, Scott, when it comes to the Ravens, obviously, you know, I played there. I have an affinity for them and oh. appreciate and know you their should. identity. You did as well. Yeah. When it comes to the X's and the O's, you guys know this better than anybody. They matter in the playoffs, but the Jimmys and the Joes matter so much more. And as vulnerable as everyone in the AFC is right now, the Baltimore Ravens are primed to go out and snatch a Super Bowl from this season because of the guys in the way that they're playing. I sure hope so because I picked them. I love that from RG. I love that from RG3. The Ravens are primed to snatch a Super Bowl. Snatching it is exactly what they're going to have to do. As they said, it's been the Arrowhead Invitational. Patrick Mahomes has never had a road playoff game. Never. The Ravens, we just saw how important it is to have home field advantage when we saw the challenge blunders. Okay, It's a real thing. I've talked to the Ravens broadcast people. I've worked there. They do not put up on the big boards any play that favors the other team especially in challenge situations, but they will put up there as much as they can to help out John Harbaugh and his staff so they can see not only what they have, but what the TV has for them to make. I mean, stuff like that. Stuff like that is a big deal with home field advantage. Did we see? Let's not forget how Baltimore turned up for the blackout when the Ravens played the Bengals. City was on fire. They came and and they the fans had a tangible effect on that game with the Bengals having to call timeouts. They can't even hear what's going on. Can't even hear it. Home field advantage is real. I guarantee you the Ravens want, they want to hold on to this number one seed. seed. But they are going to have to snatch it because this is not going to be easy. All right, let's dive into... The Ravens' remaining schedule and the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Ravens, when they come back from their bye week, I'm not joking. Their remaining schedule looks like a playoff schedule. All right. Rams, number one. Okay. Rams, maybe maybe them not hitting the, the playoffs. But let's go after that. Jaguars, who are tied with these other three teams at number two on the number two seed. It's In Jacksonville, by the way. Oh, right afterwards, how about you travel all the way to San Francisco? 49ers, playoff team. Dolphins, again, tied right behind the Ravens at eight and three. Playoff team. Steelers, not only are they a playoff team, which still boggles my mind with their offense. They're in as a a wild card. But it, you also throw out records when you're playing the Steelers. Ravens and Steelers are going to beat each other up the final game of the season before the playoffs begin. That is a playoff-worthy gauntlet. Not only that, guys, it's the toughest remaining schedule of any team in the NFL. Their remaining opponents have a combined record of 65.5%. They are going to be battle-tested one way or another once the playoffs come around. All right, let's take a look over at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not a playoff schedule. They're at the Packers. 
Then they had the Bills at the Patriots who are doing nothing. Raiders, what? They're falling apart. Bengals of lost Burrow aren't going to find their footing. And then the Chargers, Ravens know what that's like. Chargers, they kept it close, but was it ever really a major threat? I don't, I don't think so. I never felt like during the game, I thought this was, you know, really a huge problem, but, uh, but the Ravens offense couldn't get going and they're still trying to find their footing after Mark Andrews. So listen, the Kansas city chiefs, they have the fourth easiest remaining schedule, the fourth easiest remaining schedule. So when you talk about holding on to the number one seed, it is not an easy task. I won't go through every everybody else's, but the other two teams, Dolphins and Jags, who who are also tied with the Chiefs right now at eight and three. Dolphins have the most average remaining schedule. They're at number 16. Their opponents have uh, a 50% win percentage. And then the Jags, they have the eighth easiest also. Their opponents have a combined 44.8% win percentage. No wonder the Chiefs still have a 42% chance to win the number one seed and the Ravens have a 23%. And by the way, just by virtue of not playing this weekend on their bye, it's quite possible that after Sunday, the Ravens are actually the number four seed. Because I remember right before the Ravens played the Chargers on Sunday night, Miami, Kansas City, and the Jags had already played. And because they had all won, the Ravens already pushed down to number four. They have the tiebreakers. They all have the tiebreakers. Miami, what are the chances of them winning against Washington this Sunday? Pretty good. And if they do, that knocks the Ravens out of number one seed. Kansas City being beating Green Bay, what are the chances? Pretty good. The Jags beating the Bengals, what are the chances? Thoutborough, pretty good. If all three of them win, Ravens are number four. One or two of them win, you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, I agree with I agree with RG3. The Ravens can snatch this. They can absolutely snatch this as long as Lamar is healthy. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. So we got to get behind them for sure. Now, one other thing. When Stephen A. Smith was talking, he said that one of the reasons why he believed in the, the Ravens over the Chiefs, it was because of their the Chiefs' wide receivers dropping passes. Now, there is a guy who's emerging. He's a rookie, Rasheed Rice. Uh, this last game, Kansas City against the Raiders. I mean, again, it's the Raiders. Eight catches, 107 yards, one TD. By far his best game of the season. But let's not get carried away here. Let's not get carried away here. First things first. The big question people had was about the receivers. Brew, I think, said Mahomes should demand a trade or something. It was really <laughs> no. dark. It was bad. Receiver. I mean, they were doing them wrong. But uh, what if I were to tell you they have one of the best rookie wide receivers in the league? And, like, nobody's worried about Baltimore. Why? Because they have Zay Flowers. Uh, our guy's better. Really? No, he's not. Oh, shit. Let's no, see the numbers. He's better. not better Oh, let's see the numbers. Greg, let's, 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 let's see the numbers. Greg, let's see the numbers. No, Greg, wait a second. Don't let this happen. Wait, don't wait. entertain this. Wait. Thank you. Wait a second. Okay, thank you. Hold on. I'm just curious, guys. Unbelievable. I'm just curious, guys. So, five touchdowns to two. More yards per catch. Yes, Zay right now has him in total yards, but he's also played one extra game. He also game. had a rushing touchdown, so make that three. The, the, okay, so, so add that And he's got it. Lamar Jackson throwing to him versus well, Patrick well, Mahomes. Well, well, oh, that seems like I a... <laughs> Don't like the backhanded... Uh, I mean, come on. We got we to... Gotta, Lamar Jackson taking some strays here. Um, listen... I, I don't know what we're doing here. The the 
the numbers favor favor Zay. He's he's got 58 to Rashid's 44 receptions, 613 yards to 527. Um, now again, Rashid does have those five touchdowns. Zay, with including rushing, has three. Um, again, Rashid in one game makes up a massive chunk of all of those things. But whatever, I I I love me some Zay, and I want to see him featured even more. But maybe even in a different way. Maybe less gadget stuff. More get out there, do some some routes, shake some people off, give some more gadget stuff to Keaton Mitchell and. Um, Heck, even Devin Duvernay, he hasn't been around. But uh, regardless of that, here's 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 my thing. I hope the Chiefs receivers don't step up. I'll just say that. No, nothing against Rasheed Rice, but let's let's keep it going because Lamar lived all those years without receivers. Let's see what Mahomes can do. Uh, but but we'll see. It is. I mean, it will be a big deal if Rasheed Rice does step up the way he did against the Raiders and continues to do that. That could be a game changer. But uh, Ravens, Ravens, I like their chances. All right, real quick here. Um, Zach Ertz on Thursday afternoon. This is hilarious the way it was announced. J.J. Watt, of all people, <laughs> retired NFL player J.J. Watt, tweets, trying new things in retirement, so let's steal Adam Schefter's job for a day. Tight end Zach Ertz has requested and been granted his release from the Arizona Cardinals. The three-time Pro Bowler plans to sign with a contender and make a run at his second Super Bowl ring. And then he puts in parentheses, J.J. Watt does. Uh, this is easy, Adam. <laughs> Certainly not as hard as sacking quarterbacks, I'm sure. So obviously many, many fans, many people wondering in Baltimore, given the loss of Mark Andrews, should the Ravens make a run at Ertz? Um, seen a lot of people say Philadelphia may want to make a run at them. They lost, uh, Godert, Goddard, Goddard, excuse me. And, um, but it does sound like he may be coming back soon. So we'll see where he ends up. He's got to clear waivers, but would I be against it? No. Uh, he's 33. He's got very lackluster numbers, 27 catches for 187 yards and a touchdown. But as we know, there's been a quarterback situation in Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray just just came back and uh, yeah, they're struggling out there in Arizona. So I don't know. Do do the Ravens need another red zone threat? I think so. Do does this say that I have a lack of confidence in Isaiah Likely? Not really. At the same time, he is young, and we're about to get into the December January stretch where things go. And I wouldn't mind having another veteran in there. I think I think Likely could still get a huge number of those snaps, get a huge number of looks, but I wouldn't mind a veteran presence in there still. I wouldn't mind uh, Ertz as a red zone threat, three-time Pro Bowler. Wouldn't hate that. Now, do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. It does seem like Philadelphia might be more likely, but we'll keep an eye on that. Couple We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quick hits. Let's see here. Okay, so I don't know if you guys saw this. Let, let me give you some, some background to this. So Kenyon Drake, former Ravens running back, pretty sure he's even been on the Ravens this season, right? But got released. Um, anyway, he was on the Browns when the Browns came to Baltimore and beat the Ravens. Not a great night for Baltimore. This guy was on this team just a few weeks earlier. After the game, he tweets, um, come to your trap, beat your trap, something like that. Here, let's play it. Because what they do is on, on Marlon Humphrey's podcast, which again is Punchline, not Fruit Punch, and Patrick Queen was a guest. So they got their their reaction to this. It's hilarious. Kenyon Drake said, walk in your trap, take over your oh, trap. What they saying that. Did he play? <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain that, bro. I'm not. Wait, I, I didn't I'm even not, not, I didn't I'm even think about that. Bro. Wait, did he actually? I literally seen it. You know me. I got Twitter things. And I'll back it up. Dude. But I did not want I did not want to say anything because I was not gonna stop. It's crazy, man. But my thing is if you did not have anything to do with what happened on the field, don't comment. Don't comment. He really didn't he didn't play. He didn't play. Why is he talking smack in a game that he didn't play? And then um, he was just with this team. Uh, he must have left on a bad note. You must have some sour feelings because this was funny. So anyway, Ravens fans were not happy with it. But they did feel like he got some nice karma because the Browns just on, let's see, November 28th. What day is that? Uh, Tuesday. The Browns released Kenyon Drake. Uh, and yeah, I won't read everything here, but I'll just say that Ravens fans were were happy uh, that 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 came around back around to them. All right, so if you're like me, and you may not be, you guys, there may be some of you who are completely over Ronnie Stanley because of the ups and downs, up and downs, and that's completely legitimate. For now, given the options, I am trying to look for positivity and believe that um, Ronnie Stanley's going to find a way back. And Ryan Mink over the team gave these stats to maybe uh, give you some hope. He said in Ronnie Stanley's first game back from his week one knee injury, he gave up nine pressures versus Alex Highsmith and the Steelers. Then over the following five weeks, he gradually got better and was having his best game, according to Pro Football Focus, versus Cleveland before his second knee injury. 
Tough return Sunday versus Khalil Mack and the Chargers, but I expect Stanley will get better with improved health and trust in his knee. That's a close quote from Ryan Mink. Hey, yeah, if you want to look for it and just, you know, I've said, I just don't think it's just, I don't feel like he just fell off. I do feel like he's been battling injuries and hopefully, hopefully this is a trend where, you know, he first came back, gave up those nine pressures, but then got better. He had his best game in Cleveland until what do you know? He, he re-injures it. So, uh, just praying for good health for, for Ronnie, that he can get strong over this bye week. Cause I do believe he can have Lamar's back if he's feeling healthy and can, can actually like drop his anchor and have some strength. All right. I just wanted to pull this up because it just goes, uh, to show what I was saying a couple weeks ago, uh, prior to the Sunday night game, all the analysts on Sunday night football picked the Ravens to win. And so the, the, uh, Sunday night football Twitter crew says, uh, Oh, it's a Raven sweep, obviously implying that when that happens, sometimes that's when an upset is done, but it didn't happen. The Ravens pulled through despite being absolutely beat up and, you know, tired and all of that, uh, they got the win. So this is what I was saying a couple weeks ago. I want Ravens to be the measuring stick and I want them to live up to expectations. I don't, you know, listen, Lamar loves being the underdog. Most Ravens fans like being the underdog, but sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're not like against the chargers. You're, you're not going to be the underdog against the Rams. You're not going to be the run underdog all the time. You got to learn how to meet expectations, how to have expectations upon you and live up to them. And the Ravens did that against the Chargers. Jinxes, for me, in my view, are for the weak-minded. All right, that is all I've got today on this Friday morning edition. I hope you enjoy your bye weekend off. I'm sure you're going to be looking at football across the AFC. I know I will be. I will be back here Monday morning inside the vault. Thank you to all of our patrons. And thank you for our sponsor, G-E-H-A. Bobby, I hope you're having a blast out there. I think you're in Vienna, Austria right now. Live it up because you work hard, so you deserve to play hard. I'll see you all here again Monday morning.